This podcast is brought to you by CATV, building community in the Upper Valley through media. We want to welcome you to the seventh episode of the Intersection Podcast with your host, Julius. This podcast is intended to promote different voices from the Upper Valley, sharing their experience of community and providing a forum for each participant to be heard without comment or judgment. Our guest today will remain anonymous, and we invite you, the listener, to simply listen. My first question, what is your personal vision or definition of community? First, I would like to say thank you for inviting me. You're welcome. Community means a sense of belonging, a sense of safety, having relatable folks around you, you know, where you don't feel alone in a mass of people. And sometimes that looks like people who maybe take on similar qualities as you, and sometimes not. What is your experience that has shaped your vision of community? I guess I should start that one with just touching on the fact that I've been in the Upper Valley for a very long time, well over a decade, in very strong sense of community, even through all of the negative pockets that were experienced. There was a sense of, I belong here, I feel safe here, I'm okay here. And the Upper Valley felt like I had a very false sense of community here in the Upper Valley for a very long time. And I think what shifted that for me was an understanding that I was accepted, I was safe here, and maybe even cherished a little bit until I found a voice. And when I found a voice, that image disintegrated. I would liken it to, I was safe and accepted and welcomed as long as I was a good house girl. And I stayed my ass up in the house, right? Then I went and meandered down in the field. And, well, we just can't have that. Because once I was in the field, I knew some things that I didn't know before. You know, I voiced those things. And voicing those things, that became a pivotal moment in just how welcomed I was here. How long were you in the Upper Valley before you got into the... Into my voicing? (laughs) Yeah. I've always dabbled in some sort of speaking for the disenfranchised, I guess you could say, advocacy work. That's always been a deep vein of who I am. But well after a decade, it was really the turning point for me. And the realization was definitely after Trump took office. And it was not just sensationalized, but accepted to be a bigot or a racist. And speaking out against it was very frowned upon. Then in the height of COVID, mixed with a national outcry for the abuses and the harms against brown and black bodies. I think those were the pivotal moments. How do you experience community in the Upper Valley now? I try to make community with people around me that I feel safe with. Can I do maybe have dinners or small gatherings to be able to fulfill that sense of community? How do you build that community? Very, very slowly without losing a nominity. That would be a little more difficult to explain. I think building it becomes more personalized. Typically, when we think about community, we think about everyone around us, whether we know them or not. Who do we reach out for? Who do we help when we see a need? The classic image of the Boy Scout helping the little old lady across (laughs) the street, right? So we think very macro when we think of community. And I think a personalized sense of growing it on a micro level 
in hopes that someday it can be macro again. I did say I was going to come back to what shaped your vision of community. When we talk about COVID and the height of the George Floyd murder, there were, I think, a lot of hot pockets within the Twin State area on both sides. The whole Trump thing. I think during that time, people felt more comfortable opening up and exposing parts of themselves that maybe they felt a little more like they needed to keep hidden over the years. And so you flash forward to this national situation, like we have a situation here. People became way more comfortable saying exactly how they felt and really kind of let that show. And so in speaking against the harm being caused to black and brown bodies, there was a lot more rebuttal from people. When that tension happens a lot in a community, when there's always something coming up, when you're looking at the black and brown bodies that you know personally in this space, in this community, going through what they are going through, when you're reading it, even in local news that something is happening, whether it be folks being told to go back to Africa, there was a write-up about a family coming up in the beginning of COVID. They looked like they didn't belong here. So locals felt like they needed to tell them that they didn't belong here. When you're seeing these things happen way more frequently, you start to really put your sense of community under a microscope and see it for what it is, which was a beautiful facade. Thinking about a time when you felt like you were excluded from an Upper Valley community, what were the circumstances? For my entire adult life of parenting, that would have to be the PTA. Not one time ever in the history of being involved in the school district did I ever feel welcome to a PTA meeting. And I tried. It was very off-putting. It was like, you don't belong here. From glares to pushing out, it was like a, a gentle pushing out of, you don't belong here. I think I had a pretty solid understanding of like what a Karen is before it was like a thing, before it was a meme. My children's education has always been very important to me. So it really felt like it was taking away from my personal ability to make sure that my children were not only included, but that they were getting the best that they could possibly get out of the school district. It really hampered my ability to become involved in after-school programs, it starts a trend of being unwanted. Now, could I have, you know, signed up for more chaperoning? Probably. Did it feel inviting? No. This trickle effect of, if I'm not, if I'm like not just not welcomed here, but pushed out from this area, then there's all these other areas that I have to contend with. And when I contend with them, there's pushback. Okay, I'm gonna try it once. Doesn't work out. Gives me kind of that PTA feel. All right, I'm gonna back off. And I think the best thing that came out of that was my ability to arm my children to advocate for themselves in situations where I wasn't there. Because there's got to be a silver lining in everything somehow. you got to find it. I didn't really ever address the PTA thing like as an organization or to the school, but I've definitely had some words with the PTA queens. <laughs> We're not going to ask you to reiterate yeah, that information that you see. Yeah, okay. we, we won't go into we'll that. Keep that silent. How would you work with a similar feeling or situation in the future? I definitely would handle it on a bigger picture versus more personalized. If I'd known then what I know now, I definitely would have pushed back a lot harder. Perhaps I would have 
started a petition or found more parents to push back together. Sought more students of color out to connect with their families and find ways to become involved. Because PTA is like a real, it's a real funny kind of organization, right? Like, you can't start your own PTA. There's a PTA involved already. It's it's there. It's organized. It's it's grounded. So finding the channels in which to make necessary changes is, I think, how I would handle that now. So think about a time when you felt like you were a valued member of an Upper Valley community. What were the circumstances? For a split second, very, very small measure of time. Seemed like the whole community was really, they're ready for these big changes in this state. And you can see them coming together at all the rallies and protests that were happening across the state in 2020. It was positive because it was like a confirmation that I made the right choice when I moved here all those years ago, that I could give myself the proverbial pat on the back. This is a great community. Not only did you do good, but they're doing good. That's a great feeling. What would you like to see more to encourage inclusion in our community? I would like to see more people do the work on themselves to understand their own subconscious bias. The ways in which they were steeped in their life that have no fault of their own, but for them to break down that work, to stop perpetuating issues that even though they think, I got this and we're going to make so much change and you're totally on board and yes, we love that, but like you actually have to do the inner work too. That is going to be the biggest force of change in community is by taking that moment to like step away, self-reflect. I feel like COVID really gave us all that opportunity to do it. And I certainly hope that as we start to come back out and gather in places and come together again, that it's reflected in how people are coming together. That COVID allowed people to take that opportunity to hide behind closed doors and really peel those layers off because it's ugly. It's an ugly thing that nobody really wants to look at. Nobody wants to peel their layers off and look at all the fleshy stuff that wiggles and pulsates and is all bloody and gross and then find ways to change it. I spent a long time loving the community that I live in, and I've spent a short amount of time questioning why I loved the community and recapturing the reasons why it feels like falling out of love with somebody or realizing that, you know, you were never in love with somebody in the first place. I honestly feel like I'm going through a bad breakup with the Upper Valley, but I hang in there and I don't leave, even though I want to leave every day I think about leaving, but I look for reasons to not leave. Anything else you want to say? Just thank you for inviting me to this space to have this conversation. No problem. Thank you for today's guests for sharing their experience of inclusion and exclusion here in the Upper Valley. If you would like to lend your voice and experience to this podcast, please contact Intersections. I-N-T-E-R-S-E C-T-I-O-N-S at C-A-T-V 8, that's the number 8.org. Thank you for our guests and we'll hope to hear from you all soon. Thank you. Thank you for listening to C-A-T-V Podcasts. If you found this episode interesting and would like to find more Upper Valley content at C-A-T-V, please visit our website at C-A-T-V 8.org. That is C-A-T-V the number 8.org. 
You can find all of our podcasts under the Listen section on our homepage.